Mark chapter 9. Maybe if you guys have your Bibles, you can check it out. This is, uh, before we get into the story, I just wanted to ask a question. How many of you have asked for prayer um, and not seen, um, and people have prayed for you, but it didn't make any difference that you could tell? Have any of you had that experience where you prayed for situations hasn't made any difference? Has anyone ever asked you to pray, but you prayed and it didn't seem to help? How did that make you feel? Like, <laughs> it's really hard, isn't it, to pray for someone and then to not have it make any difference. You know, last year, Gracie and I prayed for four different people that were in fourth stage cancer and they all died. And it was really hard. I mean, and we prayed many, many, many times. It was all long distance people in Canada, different places. We were praying over the phone. And I mean, they came to us at the end of their lives. But still, it was, uh, we grew to care about these people. And it was really, it was really painful, especially when we looked, we look at Jesus. And that never happened to him. Everyone he prayed for got healed, right? And so this is a story about um, just that struggle. You know, Jesus is with two of his disciples. Uh, and he leaves them to go up to the mountain to be where he has a big encounter where God shows that Jesus is his son. It's the transfiguration story. And then when they come down, the rest of the disciples are having a big discussion. Okay. And so um, it says, when they came back to the disciples, this is Mark 9, verse 14. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. So that would have been kind of scary to be the disciples with a large crowd surrounding you and scribes who are like the religious, you know, sort of mucky mucks, the, the, you know, the powerful, you know, kind of educated people. They're all arguing with the disciples. And uh, immediately when the entire crowd saw Jesus, they were amazed and they began running to greet him. So once again, the disciples are probably feeling pretty lame because uh, Jesus comes back and then everyone turns around and runs away from the disciples and comes to Jesus. So there they are kind of feeling like, man, we're losers. And then we find out that it's actually worse than even that because it said, and he asked them, what, are, what were you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. So he couldn't, this kid couldn't speak, right? And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. That's a pretty serious situation, right? Could you imagine someone bringing to you a kid like that? Um, and the father or mother brings you the kid and, and says, Lorinda, you know, whenever my kid, um, he, he's thrown to the ground by this evil spirit and, he's, and he foams at the mouth and he stiffens out and uh, will you heal him? Okay. And it says, I told your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do it. So, um, so this is a situation like, you know, I know that we've experienced situations like this where people come to us with, you know, seriously, you know, like hurting, hurting, you know, hurting lives and problems. And we feel really small before this giant problem, right? And then um, we pray and maybe things get worse. And so we're like, oh, wow, why did I ever sort of sign up for this? You know, like, I'm getting out of here. We just feel like running with our tails between our legs, you know. 
And, um, and he answered them and said, let's see how Jesus, if he's really pastoral and kind here, he says, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? So Jesus is not very friendly this moment, right? He's just like kind of pissed off and just like, what's up with you guys? Like, how long do I have to hang around? Like, I've already been with you two years, you know, and we've been ministering together. And haven't you figured out how to do this stuff? You know, do what I do. And, you know, um, that's what I came for is to jump you guys into this ministry. And you're still not able to deal with a situation like this. And so Jesus uh, gets down on him, right? But what I like is he doesn't say, how long am I going to have to be with you disciples? He says it to the whole crowd. He says, unbelieving generation. In other words, like everyone that was living at that time. And so he doesn't just uh, put, put the disciples on blast, but he puts the whole world on blast. Okay. So if I were a disciple, I'd be feeling less uptight at this moment. I'd be like looking around going, yeah, not me. It's you guys, the unbelieving generation, right? <laughs> and so uh, Jesus says, bring him to me. So I love this because like when we can't do it, there's Jesus who's there still. He's not visible, but he's the resurrected Jesus. And this is still a possibility. We can bring our difficult cases to Jesus, right? Uh, he says, bring them to me. It's not, too, it's not too late. If Mitch can't heal the person or Chucky can't heal the person, okay, well, there's always Julio. Julio can't heal the person. Well, there's always Jesus, right? And so bring them to me, Jesus says. So um, how would we do that? Like, say I go to Jessica and I say, Jessica, would you pray for the situation, this problem that I have? And then Jessica prays, but it doesn't make a difference. How would I go to Jesus if, you know, if I just say I just went to Jessica, then I went to Emmanuel, and then I went to Roger and, and Ian, and I kept going from person to person, but nothing was making a difference. So how would you bring someone to Jesus if other people weren't helping Weren't make, you know, their prayers weren't making a difference. Yeah, you can just anywhere you are, you can pray right to Jesus. I shouldn't say he's up there because Jesus says, I will be with you. With is like up there, but with is like right here. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age, right? So we can talk to Jesus. So, um, so they brought the boy to Jesus. Now let's see what happens. When he saw him, I think that's when the boy saw Jesus. Immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Okay, so did things get better when they brought him to Jesus? No. No. Not yet. Things got worse, okay? And this is actually a really, uh, something for us to remember. When we pray, sometimes things get worse before they get better. And that doesn't mean that, that nothing's happening. Um, in some ways, the worst thing is when nothing happens at all. That's what's most frustrating. But when we pray, things will either get, if they either get better or they get worse, that's a good sign. Because sometimes they have to get worse before they turn around and get better. Think about all the addicts that we know and people have, who've been addicts ourselves. You know, sometimes things had to get worse before they got better, right? We had to bottom out even a little bit more. We had to spend, do another time in prison we had to do another time in the county jail we had to have another fine we had to have some other big problem before we were finally like okay i surrender right okay so things sometimes actually 
When things get worse, it can be an answer to prayer. You know? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes we give up. Okay. So even Jesus had this problem. And so we need to remember that, guys. So like discomfort okay? causes movement. Discomfort causes movement. Okay. So let's see what happens next. Hopefully the story doesn't end right there. Okay. So um, then he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Man, if I were the father, I'd be kind of annoyed. I'd be like, Jesus, come on. I was expecting some action here. Like, why are you wanting to know about how long it's been happening? Aren't you Jesus? And the kid is like rolling around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus is like, hey, um, how about a cup of coffee? Like, um, tell me about your past life with this kid. How long has it been happening? Right? The kid's stiffening out. He's stiffening out. You know, he's like, okay. So this is kind of about how when we are actually trying to see healing in our lives. Sometimes we need to know more about what the story is, what's happened. You know, what's the backstory? You know, like a lot of times there's a backstory and it's critical to know the past. Like, when did this start? I remember praying for this girl in Germany. Um, Gracie and I were there last January, 2020. And this girl was there who was just like pierced. I've never seen more piercings on someone's face. Like she had them in her cheeks and her nose and her eyebrows and everywhere. And she was like uh, this, her hair was like five colors and, and she looked super disturbed, okay? And she was sitting there and this woman comes up in German to me and starts talking and then they get a translator and it's this woman who'd been an addict, who'd been a homeless lady. And she says, my daughter is here and she really can't be around people and she's really freaking out. Uh, whenever she goes to school, she can't really go to school. She wants to drop out. She's 15. Uh, can you pray for her? And I'm like, uh, let's see, when do we have to leave? <laughs> I mean, I was kind of freaking out because I didn't speak German and the girl looked so disturbed. And she's, the piercing. and she's the girl with the piercing, right? And I didn't know whether she wanted prayer, or whether her mom had just drug her there to get prayer, right? So I said, uh, um, yeah, of course. Yes, let's pray. Jesus can do anything, right? And so they took, we went into this office with this translator and I was like, Jesus, help me, help me, Jesus. Like, how do I pray for this lady? I don't even speak German. And the translator was, uh, we were praying, but all I got was the word six, six. And I'm just like praying, Jesus, give me a clue. What do I need to know? And I just got the word six, six, six. And I was like, that is not helpful, Jesus. No, just not six, 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 just six. Okay, so. Um, I asked the girl, I said, well, how long have you been feeling this way where you feel afraid of people and everything? And uh, she says, well, a long time. And I said, well, do you know when it started? And she goes, um, no. And I said, well, it's interesting because the only thing that I'm hearing when I pray is six. Did something happen when you were six? And the interpreter interpreted and the girl goes, oh, yes, actually something happened. Um, my mom um, was in this fight with this man she was living with and he pulled out a big knife and he says, I'm going to slit your throat. And he came at her and I, I was under the, I was six years old and I crawled underneath the coffee table and I just started shaking and I was panicking that my mom was going to be killed right then and there. And then the mom was going, Oh yes, I remember that. And so, um, and, and do you remember, and I asked her, so do you think it started then? And she was like, 
I think so. And the mom was going, oh, for sure. It had to start there. And I said, well, have you two ever talked about this? And the girl said, no, I've never talked to my mom. I'm, the mom said, I've never talked to my daughter about this. And so right then the mom just said, I am so sorry for, make, for bringing that person who was so unsafe into our home and for that, you know, for that incident and, and all the other fights that we got in that created so much, uh, so, you know, so much insecurity and fear in you. And, and the girl forgave her mom and the mom, I mean, it was just this beautiful prayer time that we just prayed that the anxiety and the fear would go away. And uh, God, Jesus just gave a clue, right? And it was like, that's, some, that's an example of me asking Jesus. So let's see what happens next. So the man says, um, Jesus says, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood, okay? It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. So some people think, oh, this must've been like epilepsy, but would epilepsy do that? If someone had epilepsy, would they be thrown into the fire or the water? No. So that's a sign that it's like an evil spirit because it's actually trying to, something's trying to kill him, right? So um, someone who has seizures doesn't just, you know, it's not like there's something trying to kill them, right? It's just, maybe it looks that way, it feels that way, but. So then the man says, the father says, if you, but if you can do anything, Take pity on us and help us. So here is like true prayer. Jesus, um, this man is asking Jesus, you know, um, take pity on us, have compassion on us. Um, he's including himself with his son because as a parent, we all know that we suffer when our kids are suffering, right? When our kids are going through something tough, there's almost nothing harder for a human being than when your kid is suffering. Right, and uh, if you don't have kids yet that are old enough to have suffered, okay, that's just a reality. Like we have experienced that, and and some of you have, um, and maybe you've caused suffering to your parents because they were just freaking out when you were off, you know, living dangerously. Right. So anyway, um, this man cries out, "Help us!" You know, have compassion on us and help us. And I love this, and I I really believe this story is really about intercession and how we can pray and some of us it's not just family I and mean, it's not just maybe our kid but maybe we have a really close friend or a, a partner a life partner who's got who's going through something really rough and it's affecting us and them and so for us to just you know have compassion on us jesus if you can do anything does that guy sound like he has a lot of faith no. yes and no yeah, because He's, he's able to go to Jesus, even if it's just like, if you can do anything, um, yeah. right? And so let's see how Jesus responds. And Jesus said to him, if you can, if you can, all things are possible to the one who believes, okay? So Jesus responds, uh, challenging him saying, what do you mean if? All things are possible to the one. And that's like, not, not, not to you, plural, like you, you and your boy, but just you. All things are possible to, the, to you as an individual who, who believe, and the word means to keep on believing. You who believe and keep on believing. All things are possible to you who believe and keep on believing, right? So faith is something that, um, that we really need to exercise um, because without faith, you know, our authority as followers of Jesus, it, 
it just kind of takes a nosedive. You know, we need to, and the way we have faith is to be in relationship with Jesus. Like this man is doing. The father's in relationship with Jesus. He's telling him about the long history. You know, my kid has been thrown around like this by this evil spirit from childhood. You know, it often tries to kill him by throwing him in the water or the fire. You know, um, if you can do anything, you know, uh, have compassion on us and help us, right? And then uh, Jesus, if all things are possible to the one who believes. So in other words, uh, you guys, we, this story is meant to kind of give us hope that we can pray for the gnarliest situations, okay? That just seem like hopeless. Someone who's like, you know, got some serious mental health condition who, um, who just seems like no one's been able to help them. Or somebody that just is like on the streets, addicted to something really destructive. Maybe they've already had a few near death, near overdose death experiences on fentanyl or heroin or something, or, or maybe they're just tweakers and they've been like using for years and years and years. We all know people like that, right? But Jesus is saying all things are possible to you as an individual, like Jason, like you know people. And he's saying all things are possible to you who believe, not, not even the other person. It doesn't matter if they don't believe. All things are possible to us. Like we know people that don't believe, but if you believe, all things are possible to you as a prayer person. Isn't that cool? So look what the man says. Immediately, the boy's father cried out. See, now the boy's father um, is getting more uh, desperate, isn't he? Um, and he says, um, and you know, in some translations of the Bible, in some old Greek versions, it says, he cried, he cried out with tears. Okay? So it's interesting, because Jesus has just expressed frustration by saying, oh, unbelieving generation, how long do I have to, to withstand you? How long do I need to be with you? And when he's saying be with you, it's like being open towards us when we're not openly looking to him. Jesus, Jesus is expressing his frustration of being open to us when we're not looking to him with faith. How long do I have to keep being, being open to you all when you're not looking to me? You're just looking down at the waves and at the problems and, and, and you're not, you have no faith. How long do I have to keep living uh, openly towards helping you, but without you looking to me? And now the man is expressing his feelings. He cries out and it means it's like screaming almost. He screams out uh, with tears. I do believe, he says, help my unbelief. Isn't that beautiful? So it's yeah. like, even if he believes only a little bit, that counts. Even if we have a little bit of faith, that counts. And so the man says, he doesn't say we believe either. He says, I, you know, first he says, if you, if you can help us, but now he's saying, I, I believe, um, you know, help my unbelief, right? It's like, he's not talking about just him and his son, but now it's like, he's going through a conversion. And, um, and God wants you and me to, to have our faith be stirred up, you know, because really like we want to see breakthrough in this valley. And not just in this valley with just people on the streets, but with our own families. You know, like, Jason, how's your sister? You know, we were praying for your sister. We, we put out a prayer appeal all over, the, all over the world to have pray for your sister. And I didn't get to hear how she was, but 
she only needs to sleep with oxygen on, so that's a great sign. And you know, your dad, like he's been struggling and he's better. My dad has been struggling and he's, he's in, an, in a good place now. You know, God wants to give us breakthroughs in our families and also for the people that we love. And one of my dreams for Channel Web is that we would be a praying, crying out community where we would see, we wouldn't be giving up. We would be pursuing um, salvation, you know, for our families and for the people that we care about and for even people we don't even know that well, that we would be people who pray and then we see breakthroughs. We see people coming in out of the streets, out of the homeless encampments, out of the, um, you know, the trap houses, you know, out of the prisons and being restored. So when Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit. That means like he really got down on it and um, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you. Okay, he exercises his authority. He's, he's angry, I think. I imagine him just going, you know, hey, you, you're, you, you evil thing, you deaf and dumb spirit that's messing with that beautiful boy of that, that son of that beautiful father who, who, who's trusting that uh, things can change. You know, I just say, you know, you get out of him and you don't come back. Okay, that's what he says. Come out of him, don't ever enter him again. Okay. And so Jesus is teaching us about deliverance here. We can practice this. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. So he doesn't say in the name of Jesus. He just said he is Jesus. But he says, I command you, you know, um, in the name, I'm not in the name of Jesus. He doesn't even say, Father, would you drive it out? He's, he and the Father are one. So he says, you know, I, he rebukes this thing. He just gets right in his face and just says, you know, he's not intimidated. And he says, you know, you deaf and dumb spirit, you come out of him and you don't ever go into him again. Okay. Out. Okay. And, um, and it goes out. But we would say, in the name of Jesus, um, I command you to get out of this person, leave him right now. Okay, and if that, and, and actually things, let's see whether things get fixed right away, even after that. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsion, see, it got worse. Okay, things still get worse. Okay, and this is something we got to get ready for, you guys. It's a, it's, a, it's a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And if you think it's going to get easier, it's not going to get easier. Like when sometimes when we're right in the midst of the biggest struggle where someone is just so much, so close. Like we saw this with Jason when right after you're baptized, a week after baptism, Jason gets almost killed by a, in a motorcycle accident. You know, we've had so many situations where right before baptism, you know, um, we've had um, people that just, they, they died. I mean, we baptized Jessica and Julio and I baptized uh, David. Dynamite oh, yeah, Dave yeah. in the hospital in a coma because he had this big heart attack because they changed his meds like the, the week before he was supposed to be baptized. And so it was so sad. And we went in and we baptized him like right before they, they pulled the plug and he died, right? But like, it's a spiritual battle. Next Sunday, we have a baptisms. And what? 
Yeah. Yeah. The David, David Shipley died a week after baptism. Okay. And so, you know, we, we really believe that baptism makes a big difference. And um, next week we're going to baptize Giselle. We don't want to freak her out right now. <laughs> but there's spiritual battle and we're going to pray that God would just protect all the people that are being ready to be baptized. Right. Because, uh, you know, it's a big deal because it's like baptism really cleans us up in a powerful way to kind of have a new beginning. And so, um, you know, we have many people that are not dead here. Uh, Robin was baptized, Jessica, Jason, um, you know, Felix, uh, Julio, you know, Lorinda. We have lots of people that have been baptized here that didn't die. <laughs> yes. More of us. Okay, so that's a good thing, right? That's a good sign. Jason was not killed in that accident okay but look at that after crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he's dead those things really got bad after jesus kind of dealt with this situation okay and we we have to be ready for that you guys you guys are fighters okay robin you're a fighter you know we have a room full of fighters here so we're not going to like let ourselves be intimidated by just the evil empire, the power, you know, the Satan, he's lost. Jesus has won. They were on the winning side, you guys. And right now we're coming into a new season at Tierra Nueva. Like today, we didn't have a worship leader. We're not going to be like, oh, Tierra Nueva is just on its way down. We don't even have worship leaders anymore. No way. So right now we got to stand, take a stand and move forward, right? They didn't have worship leaders. There was no worship leader here when this guy got delivered. Right? Jesus didn't pull out the worship band and go, okay, you guys. Right? So look, look what happens. So, but Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up. Okay? Isn't that cool? So that wasn't the end, even when it seemed like he was dead. And he didn't have, wasn't Narcan that he stuck in his nose, right? Not that it wouldn't have been a good idea if that was needed, right? But Jesus just grabbed him by the hand and raised him right up. And when he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. They're like, Jesus, Jesus, why couldn't we do it? You know, why couldn't we cast it out? So, you know, that's my question a lot of times. Why can't we cast it out? You know, why can't we heal like you do, Jesus? And look what Jesus says. He says, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. Okay, well, who was praying in the story? Did Jesus pray? No. Did the disciples pray? Who prayed? You know what? I, I was just blown away by this. It's the Father. The Father prayed, okay? Because anytime we talk to Jesus, that's prayer. Okay, so the Father, even, even though he, you know, he didn't really even have a lot of faith. In the beginning, he just came to the disciples. He says, I told your disciples to cast it out, but they couldn't. That's not prayer. It became prayer when he took, when he came to Jesus and says, um, and began to talk with him and said, I took him to your disciples. He couldn't cast it out. And then Jesus says, and they start this conversation. And that conversation is prayer. And so we just want to be people of prayer, you guys, who are in conversation with Jesus. And that's going to get us the breakthroughs that we need 
in our lives, in our personal lives. And I really feel like God wants to give us serious breakthroughs, you know, um, where we can see the changes. And uh, so let's pray right now. Who needs like a serious breakthrough in your family besides us? Yeah. Okay. Who needs, uh, who, who can think of, can we think of some people that we just want to remember right now uh, that are in really bad, dangerous situations? Okay. So let's, let's just bring them. Let's just pray right now. And we can be like this father, Lord, um, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right. So let's pray. So God, we bring all these people to you uh, who we love and our hard situations. And we ask for you to help us. Jesus, um, give us the, just the solutions. You know, you are the solution, Lord. We, we ask Jesus that you would, you would help us. You know, we, we cry out to you and we say to you, Jesus, um, we believe help our unbelief we pray that you give us faith to be able to to really um trust you and to and to never give up and to bring the people that we care about to you over and over and over again and even if things get worse help us to not give up but to realize that things sometimes get worse before they get better and we just pray for i pray for a revolution in our skagit valley here of 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 conversions and healings and freedoms from evil spirits. I just pray that you would give us uh, faith to be able to pray and never give up. And thank you that you say all things are possible for the one who believes. I pray that we would, we would be people that actually believe that and experience it. That we would see impossible situations resolved. We just pray this in your name, Jesus.